Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Welcome to this episode of Impact the World featuring my very good friend and I believe one of the best channelers working in the world today, Wendy Kennedy. Wendy's journey with channeling is something that we're going to explore in the show and also her forays into light language. And I'm thrilled that I was able to ask Wendy to channel and bring some light language in at the end of the show. I actually did this fairly spontaneously in the show and the message that she channels at the end of the show and also the experience of light language, I think many of you will find really profound. You can find all of Wendy's work at higherfrequencies.net. And as ever, we put the show links underneath the show. And many of you have asked how you can support the show. Thank you for all your lovely comments and well wishes. And if you want to support us, you can go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review Impact the World over there. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Wendy, hi. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me, Lee. What a special honor. Yeah, well, we've been friends for 10 years now. I was thinking that as I kind of was prepping for today. And um, one thing I would love to share with our viewers and listeners is you and I met because I first saw your work on the documentary Tuning In, which if you haven't seen it, is an amazing documentary. It's Tuning In Spirit Channelers in America. Did that come out in 2007 or 2008? I think it came out in 2008. I was just trying to, it might even been nine. I think we recorded it in the end of six or seven, beginning of seven. Right, because I think I saw it literally as it came out. And I remember being struck by you on the documentary. And I was struck by your channeling, but I was also just struck by you as a person. And I was like, oh, she's really cool. I wonder who she is. And then I went through my big dark night of the soul um, for like a year or two, 2009, 2010. And I really struggled to find a good intuitive reader to help me. So as someone who was doing that for others, I thought, no, I need someone who can hold this space for me because sure, I can channel for myself. but. We all need someone else. And I really struggled to find someone who was good. I went to like four people and they were, you know, they were fine, but they weren't the power or the clarity that I needed. And then I found you. I found, I was like, oh, I can book Wendy. So I booked the session with you and it was amazing. And then I came for multiple more sessions and then we became friends uh, that following year, I think. You know, it's, you know, I love it when you meet those people and you know that they're people that you are meant to walk this path with. And I think, you know, it just clicks, it's easy. Yeah. And it was very special. So it's, yeah. it's amazing to me that it's been 10 years. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. But then I look back at everything that we've been through in those 10 totally. years. I'm like, yeah, we've done a lot in that time. Exactly, exactly. And I think having peers as well, especially given what we do, still today, but especially then was very fringy. It's always nice when you can have a friend who is in your peer group. So speaking of fringy, how did you <laughs> I'm afraid we are. Um, how did you how did you first encounter 
how did you first encounter this work? Not, not as someone who is working in it as a channeler, as someone who's holding space for others and teaching metaphysics, but just you, Wendy Kennedy, the person. How did you first come to this world? What, what was it that brought you in? So I think for me, it was probably a little more unusual. Um, I didn't know what channeling was, and I really didn't know anybody who did it, but I started having these visions back in the mid-90s, and I started doing some research because I thought maybe there were visions that were connected to the building that I was living in. And along the way, as I was reading books, I came across channeled material, and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anybody who did it, but I knew that I was supposed to be doing it. And I can remember saying to my friends, I said, I'm supposed to be doing this. I know it sounds crazy, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go for it. And they were so open and supportive. They were like, well, if you need a guinea pig, let me know, because I'm happy to be the one that you channel for. So, you know, having that support was, was priceless. And then my family was incredibly supportive as well. So I was very fortunate in that way. And looking back now, you know, my childhood was relatively normal. I didn't have any gifts that I really recall as a child. I think I've always been sensitive, emotionally sensitive, and I've been an empath. Um, but I've also been drawn throughout my whole life to ETs and UFOs, and we used to get those little scholastic newspapers right. in school where you could order your books, and I always gravitated to the ones on UFOs or the pyramids yeah. or ghosts. Yeah. And, I mean, I think looking back now, I, I knew that I was always drawn to that. But I, it wasn't until college when I started doing body work and I was introduced to meditation and yoga and Alexander technique and things that opened up my body that I started to open to more of my gifts. Yeah. And then it just kind of developed from there. Um, it took me about a year from the time that I first sat down to try to one day I knew I was supposed to be doing automatic writing instead of channeling verbally, which was what I was trying and it just wasn't happening. And I knew I was supposed to have pen and paper and then it just kind of went from there. And it's developed over the years. Um, I was just talking to my brother the other day about how things were in the beginning. I brought through the language of light very early on and I was seeing all kinds of beings who were around me. And then I kind of shut that down a little bit as I started working with, with beings from the Pleiades. And, uh, you know, it was probably about six years ago that, that that came up again, that it was time to start working with that energy mm. and opening back up, seeing more beings and to start doing more with the language of light. So the language of light, for anybody who is new to it, can you just explain to us what the language of light is? Sure. So the language of light is source's language and it's comprised of light, sound, sacred geometry, and cosmic information. And there are different dialects of it, just like you would hear English spoken in Ireland or in New York or the Deep South. It sounds very different, but we still understand it. And all of us understand this language. It speaks to our soul, and it bypasses the traditional language centers of the brain. So we don't get caught up in the story of it all. We just receive and open to the frequency. Mm. So as we listen to it, it's like someone playing a note on the piano so that we can sing it. It's much easier if we have a reference point. So when we hear the language of light, it reminds us of who we are, it reminds us of higher frequencies so we can shift our resonant field to match those energies. 
It's interesting too, because the language of light, from my perspective, one of the first things I noticed about it was it bypasses the mind. So in much the same way that we as channelers are often being called to deliver the message that it's the frequency as much as the words in a channel, with the language of light, you completely bypass the words. And so the conscious mind can't really get involved. Right. So it's interesting because with the channeling, the guides always use the example that the words might come out, it's a nice day. But encoded in that is that it's 70 degrees, there's a light breeze, the birds are chirping. So there's all this data that's there in the energy, but we're still getting a little bit of that through the mind so that, you know, the ego can kind of work its way through it. Um, But yeah, with the language of light, it's just out of the mind and just to receive the energies. In some ways, that's easier. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times it's interesting. We want to figure it out. We want to know exactly what's being said and what are the words, what's the meaning, instead of just receiving because we're so conditioned to work with that mind and the masculine energy. That's true. So one of the things that I'm struck by, and I think I've always been struck by this with you, in all the time we've known each other, there are lots of similarities for people around channeling. You know, fear of public perception, um, fear of persecution, all of those things. But even if you have had some of those things running, they've never been very evident in you in the way that you just described your early story. So, you know, for most of us, like for me, I love that your family was so supportive. Like I didn't tell my family for like two years. And then when I was, you know, very busy with readings and it was kind of like awkward, I had to kind of explain. But you don't seem to have had any of that. So you you were just... (laughs) Well, no, and I mean, and I I say this because I also know from our conversations, you, like all of us, have had some of those same fears, but they do show up in a different way in you, I think, compared to some of the other people I've met, which is interesting. There was a confidence or a very aligned energy with your channel that was there, that was so solid, even you saying, well, I I know I'm supposed to do it. I mean, there's not much crisis of confidence in that for me in the way you describe it. And I was young. I think that's, you know, I was in my mid-20s. So I think that's the period where we're so fearless. That's true. And we're far more courageous and we don't think of the consequences necessarily in the same way. And I was, and I was, and I think still to this day, I'm very idealistic. (laughs) So I think in some ways, that was helpful because I felt like, well, this is just how it's supposed to be. And to me, channeling is the most normal thing that you can do, mm-hmm. to be disconnected and not open to all of the energy around us is very abnormal to me. So I think that was always part of, in my mind, my mission, if you will, or what it was that I was, what I came here to do was to kind of normalize that. Um, to help people to open up back to their natural state. And I think for me, it came a little later. The more exposure I got, mm-hmm. the more in, in some ways that I had to risk. And the older that I got, some of that stuff started coming up, yeah. the persecution. And, you know, I was seeing all kinds of past lives where things happened. And really, even, you know, the last couple of years, I've been taking an even deeper dive and looking at some of that as it's coming up. And I think today I'm probably more conscious of it when it comes up to say, okay, wait, but it still comes up and yeah. you still feel it. And I think that's something that, you know, we've talked about this, where people think that your life must be, 
you know, so completely different and we don't have any issues going on, but that's really yeah. not the truth of it. We no. still have our stuff to process just like everybody else. Yeah, there's the human and there's the soul and the path of integration between the two is the ideal, but it ain't always happening. You know, it's like one that you, the soul is the visionary and the open and then the human has to constantly unpack and unfold back into soul energy, especially because we've all been conditioned into these smaller human ways. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, what was the moment when you started to make this a job? Like, you know, when, when this started to become, oh, this is actually what I'm going to do for a, for a living. You know, I had my stops and starts because I moved out to California. I was out in Chicago for eight years. And I, it was such a beautiful place to be at that time because Chicago is a very spiritual city and there was a lot going on. And I met two other women that I would channel with on a regular basis. So it gave me a really solid foundation and I was getting a lot of confirmation um, when we would get together because I could be the odd man out, the other two could be working, one person would ask a question, the other would channel, and I would hear it before the other person channeling would have an opportunity to say it. So I got confirmation very early on. So when I left, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to pursue acting because I had a degree in theater and film or if I wanted to go with my spiritual work. Because in some ways, as you well know, they're very similar, um, you know, because we're looking at the motivation. We're looking at what drives us and what our issues are. And, you know, I look back now, and it was the perfect training ground for me to kind of look at that without being in a traditional spiritual setting. Mm. But I came out here, and I was like, well, what do I do? Do I get the channeling going? And kind of went around and around and a couple times. I got some false starts there, but finally, about 14 years ago, I started doing it formally with, with the whole nine yards. And, um, you know, it, it was a little scary, you know, not knowing. And I had to do a lot of processing around responsibility and feeling responsible for other people when they would show up for a reading. Right, um, which is very common for healers. And yeah. Yeah. So just letting that go. And I had the most beautiful experience with a client once. She had come back for her second reading and it had been quite some time. And she said, you know, the last time I had a reading, I really, I didn't like it. And I thought, well, that was awful. And then I listened to the recording about three months later and I thought, huh, okay. And then I listened again six months later and I realized that you had given me answers to everything that I asked. I just couldn't hear it. Wow. So that was such a gift to me. Yeah. So that I, I was unattached to how they felt about it. Yeah. Because in that moment, they might not have gotten it. But they got what they needed. And eventually, it would unfold for them. So that was such a gift. And I keep going back to that any time that that comes up again for me. Because I trust that that they get what they need. I'm saying wow, because I had the exact same experience with a woman who came back to me a year later and said to me, when I had that reading from you, I thought it was rubbish. And I thought, and shed, and then I found, because it was a written reading at the time, shed, and I just found the document a year later, shed, and I couldn't believe how my year had played out in alignment with what you'd said. And so I had the same thing where I think you have to remember when you are working as a conduit in some ways, I'm mean, sure you're, you're participating, but you are a conduit for something that you might not understand for the other person. Yeah. There's a lot of surrender involved. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you started out, and one of the things I always loved about you when we met is you are the one of the rare people in our field who could like build your own website and you've always <laughs> been a techie. Yeah. So, you know, that was great because you were able to just start the whole thing by yourself and run it by yourself. How did you learn how to build websites and when did that start? It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I do way too much by myself. Right. Um, are you working on that, Wendy? Yes, I am. Good, I'm glad With to hear With the help of my friendly Harris. <laughs> who's been prodding me for years. Um, but you no, know, I've always enjoyed working with computers yeah. and learning. And uh, when I was in the corporate world, I shared an office with some of the IT guys. So I would always ask them questions about how does this work? How does that work? So they taught me a lot. Um, but, you know, I have the patience for that and I have the curiosity. I cannot draw to save my life. Mm. You know, stick figures are about the extent of my drawing. But when it comes to computers and being able to create things on computers, I'm a little more adept at that. But, um, you know, it's, it's come a long way. Um, it's amazing to me when I think back just what we were able to do. Because when I first started, it was, you know, boots on the ground. I had to go to expos and, you know, I did... I did private sessions at the, or um, quick little sessions, one-on-one -on -one sessions with people when I was at the expos and I did lectures and things like that. So, you know, to have an email list, that was, that was still a pretty new thing. Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about because we've come so far. Yeah, in, in a really short space of time. Yeah. So I know that you do all kinds of things online. You know, you have members communities, you'll do live events that you broadcast. I also know because we actually met when we were both booked as speakers. Um, I think we were in Germany, were we in Munich? Um, we were yes. both booked as, as speakers at a channeling conference. What right now is your favorite thing to do in, in all the different ways that you offer your work? What, what, what's lighting you up? in crazy old 2020, the year that none of us will ever forget. <laughs> I think working with my light codes. Mm. You know, I create um, images and symbols that represent the language mm -hmm. of light. So my membership group, people work with that. And they're beautiful. And so that's exciting to me. Um, and it's something that's easy for people to work with. And, you know, there's, uh, I have lots of things. I was looking at, you know, all the courses that I have and I was trying to think about which ones I really want to work with and I have a lot that I really like. Um, you know, I, uh, when I channel, the guides are very uh, specific in terms of their perspective on the process of manifestation and how that works. So um, that's also one of my favorites, the process with yeah. them. It's like, how do you get what you want? And, you know, looking at the subtle nuances of, why we're not getting what we think we're supposed to have yeah, kind of thing. But all of that anymore includes the light language. So, you know, it really doesn't matter what online event I'm doing. It most often has the, the codes woven in there. Which is great. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with the Pleiadians and your experience of the Pleiadians, because they're a very specific frequency. Yes. So I actually work with a lot of different beings. Yeah. Um, for me, my energy skews more galactic than, say, angelic. Yeah. Um, but the Pleiadian Collective, they're a group of about 2,500 beings of light. They don't have physical form. And they came in about, uh, about nine months or so after I started my automatic writing. They were waiting for me to start channeling verbally because they work with tone and sound. So when people hear them, they think, well, 
Wendy must be from the UK, or she must be, some people think Australian. Australia. Yeah, I, when I first saw you, I was like, oh, it's Australian. Yeah. It's changed over the years because yeah. they modulate the tones and they started going more towards what you consider to be an Australian dialect. And I was like, oh, you guys are killing my jaw. <laughs> like, these <laughs> muscles are not used to making those uh, those sounds. So really, they they work with tone and sound and they were waiting for me to channel verbally. And there is an aspect of me that's part of that collective. Um, they're very kind. They're very, um, I think they're very funny. They like to think mm -hmm. they're funny. Mm -hmm. Got a good sense of humor. And people describe it, uh, having a conversation with them as, as connecting with a, a wise old aunt or grandparent. Yeah. You know, they're, they're very kind. Yeah. What, what would you say if they, I mean, obviously they've taught you many things over the years, but what would you say is like a core teaching that your work with them has instilled in you that perhaps wasn't in you before you became mm -hmm. a channeler? God, that's a big question. I know, I'm sorry. Well, there's... you know, it's a Thursday <laughs> afternoon. I think you're up for it. Oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, there's just so much. Uh, I think really their process of manifestation mm. and really looking at that. Um, their big thing is heart centering. Mm. And uh, is coming back to the heart. And I think it's been 25 years now that I've been working with my guides. And that is the thing that's remained consistent from the word go. And it's come back to the heart-centered space. And now, um, you know, over the last several years, I've done more research into looking at the heart and coming back to the heart center and, and the physiological effects that that has. And it's amazing to me so, you know, when we come back to that heart-centered space, um, we're getting that coherence between the heart and the brain, and that affects our, uh, our nervous system. So it moves us out of sympathetic and into parasympathetic, which allows us to go through um, a repair phase. We can digest. So everything kind of comes back online when we're back in that space. And, you know, when we heart-center, that's when they say that we open up and we can receive all of that subtle energy, or not even receive, but recognize the subtle energy that's around us all the time. Um, when we're in that sympathetic nervous system, we're in that fight or flight, we don't have access to that. Mm. So I think that's probably one of the things, as I've started to research more on what happens when we get into that heart-centered space, um, that's kind of the most interesting thing to me. And for me, I haven't read a whole lot in terms of other people's work or um, a lot of uh, some of the ancient cultures because it was very important to me, especially early on, that I didn't feel like I was influenced by that. Yeah, that makes total sense. It's important. Yeah, so, you know, 25 years in, now as I start to open up a bit more and start to look at some of that, it's kind of amazing that what they've taught me and what I've just brought through for myself mm. mimics that. Mm. things that have been around for thousands of years. So yeah. it's kind of cool yeah. confirmation for me. Yeah. And you're somebody who has just stepping away from the teaching that you do for a second and, and what that's about. You're somebody who is very inspiring to me in terms of 
figuring out how to bring your work into the world and what's the next way I can create a membership club. Or, and you actually were really helpful to me around 2015 when I was looking to expand, but I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what to do. And you were like, oh, check out this person. And I'm also studying this person. And you introduced me to a few different teachers who would help you figure out how to scale your business in the right way, not in you know that, you know, just get a load of people way that you often see the noise out there on the internet, but, but people who, if you knew what your purpose was and you knew what your mission was, could help you kind of take next steps. And you've been, you've been such a, uh, I think a very dedicated student to the practice of growing your business with alignment. Is that, was that just always in you because you were in the corporate world or is that something that, you know, just is, is powered by your drive to, to kind of bring your work out into the world? It, you know, again, it goes back to being young and not knowing any better. Right. <laughs> so I think early on, I probably listened to my intuition far more than I sometimes do today because that masculine mental energy will overtake. Of like, wait, this is how everybody's telling me to do it. And I have to remind myself, it's like, no, I've done yeah fine so far and you know this is where the guides are suggesting that we go because I will sit down and say well what do you want to do yeah but my guides are not uh, the kinds of guides who say we want you to do this today um, it's more like well what do you want to do and we'll find some way of working together on that um, it's not that they come knocking on my door and saying it's time yeah. um, so you know, that's also my personality. If they were to do that, that would shut yeah, me down. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I have to come to this in my own way, yeah. in my own time. Of course. Um, and I think for me, that's something that I'm struggling with, trying to find a healthy balance with the feminine and the masculine. Mm. Um, you know, I think at the beginning, there was a lot more feminine energy in how I worked. And then as I studied more, it became a little more masculine. And now I'm trying to find a better middle ground between the two. Yeah, and I think that's something we all struggle with because I think the feminine and the masculine is so out of whack on the planet that we're all kind of, you know, in that soup somewhere. But the one thing I've always noticed with you, which I, I also have in me, is I've never seen you force anything. And I think that's always the test. It's like, yeah, someone can give us a great idea. But for me, what happens is, or even I'll have a, what I think is a great idea. And if my body won't get behind it, then my body wins. It's like, no, my body is, is to me where the, the feminine instinct yeah. resides. So, so yeah, there, there is something about the path of alignment, especially because even with some of the more aligned, if you like, business or entrepreneurial teachers that you have followed or that I have seen, seen there is still sometimes a results drive or a success drive or, a, you know, one of the things that's a turn off for me is the is the language around, um, are you working hard this week? Are you meeting your goals? Now, <laughs> for me, that's anathema, because I'm, I'm always gonna work hard, I'm a worker bee. But if I try and work hard for some idea of a result, or because I think I should be working harder, I'm crushed. So I also recognize that for some other people, they need to have a goal, they need to have some kind, you know, for me, I'm just kind of a, What's the word? It's that, you know, steady engine. I just, I'm just going to keep going, but I don't want to force or push because that would go against my energy. And I think often in the business space or the entrepreneurial space, we see a lot of that unhealthy masculine, results-oriented, ambition-oriented, 
and it's not necessarily aligned with the heart or the feminine part of ourselves, which we all have, whether you're in a male, female body, or you don't identify as either of those genders. Yeah, you know, and I, I think you're probably one of the people who I admire because you are so good at doing that. Hmm. You are so creative and so productive. Um, if you don't know, Lee is probably one of the most creative people, non-stop. I'm always amazed at what you've created in your life. And you you were very good at listening to your body and your body cues. So I just want to acknowledge well, thank that. You. Yeah. Thank you. I've learned, I've learned the hard way not to force it, you know, because yeah. when you do. And, and we both have had our experiences with burnout, too, in the past, which is a great teacher, because once you've burnt out a few times, you're like, okay, I'm not doing that again. And you you rewire and you, you, you heal some stuff in yourself. Yeah, and I think my body um, is so sensitive at the moment that it's, you know, <laughs> screaming. And it, it's funny because it doesn't take much. So, you know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have noticed, I wouldn't have blinked at that. And today I'm so sensitive to it, it immediately gets my attention. I'm like, okay, nope, I need to stop. This is, my body's not happy, this is too much push. I really notice when I push anymore, my body cues are very strong. So I have to stop and really look at it and go back to the feminine and call it in. Yeah. What do I want? And that's when things tend to grow. That's when things really blossom and things flow. And I'm kind of amazed some days um, when I'm not paying attention and obsessing about a goal or anything like that. I'm just unattached to it. That's when the amazing results tend to show up. What are you excited about in the next few years? Let's talk, let's talk about that on two levels. So first of all, let's talk about what do you feel positive about in the next few years? And I think that's important for us to say because yeah. there's so much, you know, it's a real old storm at the moment on the planet. And I think um, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of temptation energy to only be doom and gloom, which yeah. I don't think helps anybody, um, regardless of whatever we're in, um, whatever situation we're in, the doom and gloom doesn't help create the new or create resilience or evolution, which is what we need. Um, so let's talk about what are you feeling positive about in the next few years in the world? And then we'll talk about your work in, in the same, with the same question. Well, I'm excited because I think people are actually waking up. I think mm. they're questioning things. Now, where we go from there, you know, that's still kind of up for grabs. But people have kind of been jolted out of their normal routine um, for all that COVID is, uh, no matter what side you fall and how you think that all unfolded um, in terms of it being orchestrated a little, yeah. um, it doesn't really matter. It's had uh, the effect that would serve us all. And that's one thing the guys have talked about in, in terms of what we've created. They said this was the opportunity for you to kind of wake up and it could have been far more destructive. Mm -hmm. So they said, this is probably the least destructive way you could have done it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've taken away the TV, we've taken away uh, the bars, sports, things that we, shopping, things that we normally numb ourselves with and we're forced to be still for a while. So um, in a way it kind of forced the world to do what many do in a practice with meditation is just be still, just be present. So that's kind of exciting to see. Um, you know, everybody's in their own, uh, own space, they're, they're going at their own pace, and that's fine. I think the tendency a lot of times is to make other people wrong because they aren't 
where you think they should be. Yeah. Um, you know, you should be awake or you feel that your happiness is tied to somebody else's. So if somebody else isn't awake, then you have to live in a miserable state. And that, I think, is something that I would hope people will start to see that, you know, how you feel is, is internally generated. It's not determined by the external circumstance. Mm -hmm. Um, the external circumstance just reflects the internal state. And I think once we get that, then we can go through a very rapid growth process. Uh, and so I'm kind of excited to see how we do that and what it looks like. Um, it's the time that, you know, for 25 years, the guides have been talking about and is actually here. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited to see how things will play out even in the next couple months. We, you know, we have our election here in the U.S. And, uh, you know, I wasn't quite sure uh, a few weeks ago, the energy felt very, very heavy. And, you know, we're here in LA and uh, I've been gone for four months and I came back and it really felt heavy. And something shifted um, a couple weeks ago. So it feels much lighter. We talked about that. We both felt yeah. there was something, it's like, it like a timeline suddenly elevated um, that, that, that's, that felt very different. Yeah going back a month and of course you know where you've been living is is right in the thick of it which is santa monica we're a little on the outside here in malibu so we're a little more shielded from some of that but but i, I think it's interesting what you just said because one of the things that the z's have been adamant about the z's who i channel my guides for those who don't know um they've been adamant for years that Everything that we have been going through could have been way worse. You know, they've, they've constantly said, you have no idea how protected you have actually been from some of the worst case scenarios over the last decade. And it's interesting because as you just said, this is the time we've all been waiting for. I had this flashback to 2012. You remember how in mm. 2012, so many people were like in shock or disappointed that nothing really happened or didn't appear to happen on a visible level. It's almost like this is 2012, isn't it? It's yeah. like if you could have um, scripted it, uh, COVID or whatever the outer trigger was would have would have hit us in like this in 20, 2012. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I think we had a little space to kind of do a little processing, which is mm -hmm. kind of beautiful. Uh, but I don't think anybody's getting out unscathed, as no. it were. You know, it's it's everybody's stuff is coming up to be healed. Yeah, yeah. I remember a few years back, the Z's were very adamant about the dissension of light workers. So you know, so much is focused on ascension, and and in awakening, you ascend beyond your beliefs. Sometimes you physically feel yourself ascending beyond your body for a period of time, your energy ascends, and they were like, no, no, for the light workers, those of you that identify as awake or spiritually minded, or you're coming down to earth. And I think it was, it was a rough and tough few years for a, for a lot of us in many different ways, but it's like we're, we're needed on the ground. Oh, and I can. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one, I'd prefer to be up and out of my body. Yeah. Uh, so actually feeling grounded. Um, and even this week, they gave me a new piece of information. And so for those of you who might be having a hard time, um, that as a human, I'm looking around at other humans, and this is how they act. And they said, for the information and where I'm at, my field, I'm trying to mimic somebody who's very earthly grounded my field isn't spinning fast enough for mm. me to feel like I can be in my body and be okay. So as I visualize my field spinning a little faster, uh, that helps me to feel at home here. And that's the other thing the guide said. This isn't about going out to connect to home. This is about bringing home here. Yeah. And, you know, for those of us that are a little more um, 
stellar oriented. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Why did you say Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what did you tell me? This... Wasn't this supposed to come with a hand basket? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. No, you told me about? They, there's, this, there's this social media post that about 2020, and it said, they told me there'd be a hand basket. <laughs> and I thought that, you know, going to hell in a hand basket, I thought that was, it made me laugh on a day I needed yeah. to laugh about it all. Um, so that's the world. What about for you in the next few years? Do you have any feeling of excitement or curiosity about aspects of your work or the work that you're doing in the world? Yeah, so I'm getting ready to move next week So that and moving to the East Coast. So that's a big change for me and I'm really excited about that because I feel like that gives me some space. Mm. Um, and I think my work is going to be changing more. I taught channeling very early on, um, and I would do in-person. I would teach weekends, and it's something that I haven't done for probably 10 years. Mm. And it's something you and I have talked about yeah. for the last three years. For whatever reason, I just could not get it going online. And it feels like part of it was timing, um, but it feels like 2021 is the year for that. So I'm excited to do that because that I feel like that's my wheelhouse. Yeah. That's, you know, if you want to call it my zone of genius, that's yes. what I do well. I do the channeling well. So I'm excited to be able to share what I've learned over the last 25 years. Uh, so that I'm really excited about. And it was about two years ago that you shared with me the first five to ten minute video presentation for your channeling course, which still has not come out. No, but it was amazing. And I said to you, this is so good. This is going to be... And I knew that was just like video number one of a load that you had planned. So... Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I just, it wasn't sitting right in my body. Yeah. So it feels like something has been missing. I'm kind of just idling and waiting because almost all of it's scripted out and ready to go. It's just a matter of executing, and I just have not been able to do that yet. Yeah, but you can't force yeah. the divine timing. Yeah. No. Trust that. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. So a couple things. When you first did your light language for me, it was about five, six years ago, I think I first heard you do light language. As someone who is, who, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a musician and a singer, and I remember thinking just the technical process of you producing that light language blew my mind. Like, I was like, oh my, how is she doing that with her tongue and with her mouth? And <laughs> so, so there was a fascination for me around it. So I'm very happy that you are going to not only give us a little, a little taste of the light language today, but you're also going to channel the peas for us. So thank you for saying that. Yes. And I asked you um, if you would be willing to perhaps let the peas speak to us and give us an overview on this year of 2020, because by the time this interview comes out, it will probably be nearer the end of 2020. So any kind of overview on, on what we've all just been through and then maybe some light language to close, that would be wonderful. Sure. Thank you. Pleasure. Would you like us to do anything in preparation? No, okay. no really, just take a nice breath and try to see where we go. Ah, yes, hello, dears. So this is the Ninth Dimensional Pleiadian Collective, and it is a pleasure and an honor to have the opportunity to connect with you. So first off, let us say that you all, every single one of you, has a tremendous amount of support on the other side. Your guides always hear your requests, and we always answer you. Now, the question is, are you listening? Have you got your volume turned up? 
Are you in your heart-centered space? As Wendy was talking about earlier, that is our point of focus. The place we want to get you focused is in your heart. Because when you are there, when you think of something that makes you smile, when you are thinking about compassion, gratitude, appreciation, that actually opens you up so you can start to receive multidimensional information. You can run full source energy through your body. You also have to be grounded. Imagine connecting with Mother Earth as well as the center of the universe and all of that stellar energy. Because if you're not grounded in the body, you are not completing your energetic circuit. And it's a bit like an appliance that is half plugged in the outlet. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So if you do those two things, if you ground into the body and you heart center yourself, then you're gonna find that pretty much everything else takes care of itself. Because when you are in that heart-centered space, you will have an awareness of what course corrections need to be made, all right? And you will have inspired ideas. And as you're moving through 2020, this is the opportunity that really is before you. It is an opportunity to reshape your reality. You are seeing very clearly as you're going through this period of time globally, what is working and what is not working, what changes need to be made, now, you might not know exactly what form that change is going to take, but you have an idea of what that, that change needs to be in terms of the qualities. So you might look at your government, you might look at your political systems and say, we, we need more discourse, or we meet, need more equality, or we need to have a better system of education all right, that allows for more creativity, more expression of the feminine, not just uh, memorizing and regurgitating that information. So you might have an idea of what the essence is, and that's really what you're going to be tasked with as you move through the end of 2020 and move into 2021. It's focusing on the essence, the vibrational essence of what it is that you want to create. Because as you do that and you get heart-centered, you're going to have an idea of what steps need to be taken in the moment. You might feel, oh, you know, Joe over here, I feel like I need to go have a conversation with him. Uh, I'm drawn to his energy. And then you start to talk and you find out that he has funding and he's looking for the right project to fund. And maybe you're someone who's got an idea for a project, but you don't have the funding at the moment. So it's being in that heart-centered space to feel that push or rather that pull where the universe is calling you to a vibrational location. All right, you're being uh, moved by the universe. You're in flow. And this is what 2021 is going to be all about, that you're finding a new way of working that is in better balance with the feminine and the masculine energy. Now, that is not always a comfortable place for humans to be because they prefer to be in control with the mind. Control is one of the things that is the most detrimental to your physical body, your desire to control. What it does is it actually makes the cell's membrane very impermeable. So the good stuff can't get into the cells and the stuff that needs to be released has a very difficult time getting out. So at the physical level, it's very, very hard. Also, you tend to be in your sympathetic nervous system when you are trying to control things with the mind. But when you put yourself back into that heart-centered space, you're not in control. You, your control comes through the expression of frequency. So where is your frequency in this moment? 
and you have the control over that. You can choose to be open in the heart center or you can be in the programs of lack, limitation, and separation. That is the degree to which you can control your reality. When you think about control with the mind, most of you either want to go back to the past to rework a now moment that you're no longer standing on, all right, so there's no control there, or you want to project to the future and you want a specific outcome. Well, that outcome may not be the highest expression for you. So we also say in the process of manifestation for yourselves, let go of what the form looks like and just simply be open to the frequency expression. So you want to have some experience that allows you to be creative, to feel connected, to experience joy, abundance, grace, whatever it is for yourself. And then be open to how the universe can create the form for you because in the process of manifestation, it is not your job to figure out the form. That's the universe's job. Yours is to be in alignment with frequency. So as you're doing that, you aren't working from the programs of lack, limitation, and separation of, oh, I want you know, this person to behave this way, so I feel safe. No, no, no. The external does not determine the internal. You get to feel and imagine what would it feel like to be safe in this moment. And as you say, what would it feel like? Or you say, I am safe. Doesn't matter, either one will put you in resonance with that frequency. You'll start to emanate it. And as you emanate it, then it starts to get reflected back as your reality. You will put yourself in situations in which that is the truth for you. Uh, you might find, though, that anything that is unlike that frequency starts to show up. It starts to come up. And we say, pay attention to that because that's showing you where you are limiting your flow of source energy, what beliefs you're holding on to that are reflective of lack, limitation, and separation. So this is what you get to process and play with as you move through 2020, 2021. Now, there are also going to be a lot of shifts in terms of development with health systems. Um, there, there are going to be some breakthroughs probably that are coming towards the end of 2021. Um, you're also going to have to heal some old wounds. There's going to be more information that's coming up so that the collective can heal. And that really is about the abuse and subjugation of many people on your planet, seeing how that's gone on. Um, it is so vast, uh, this network of um, abuse, that it's almost unfathomable for you all to wrap your brains around the fact that it has been going on, but it has, and it is time for that to be healed. So, you know, the first level with 2020 was working with your issues around death and dying, safety, security, working with that root chakra energy first, which uh, your uh, pandemic has helped you to do. And then you're moving up to the sexual energy, to your creative energy as you move to the end of 2020 and 2021. All right, so you're moving up your energetic systems and then you're gonna to start to stand more in your power. Speak from your heart. Start manifesting creative experiences as you get up to the fifth chakra. And then uh, opening up your psychic and intuitive gifts and then allowing more of that divine flow to come through you. And this is really where you're going over the course of the next, really about six years. Um, for some of you, uh, we can already see that you get a little deflated. <laughs> feeling, I have to wait six years to be happy? No, be happy now. And it doesn't matter what's going on around you, all right? As you exude that and imagine what that frequency is 
the more that will become your reality, the more you will lift others, that you will find that others in your presence will reflect that energy. They might go away and drop out of that resonance and play a different game with everybody else, but when they're around you, they're gonna show up in a different way. They're gonna match your resonance. So you can experience joy even when others are challenged. And by you experiencing joy, it will also allow you to hold more compassion for others as they're going through what it is that they're going through. You can hold space for them and you are reminding them of who they truly are at the core of their being, that they are a being of divine light. So it's an exciting time on your planet and we're very excited to see what you all create for yourselves. Uh, don't get too locked into this idea of good versus evil, you know, the white hats, the dark hats. It doesn't really matter what's going on with all of that. It's important for you to be the living light in the world. It's important for you to hold your own resonance and own your power. And we're speaking to those of you who've been awake for a while. This is the time you've been asking for, and you're going to have to own it. You're going to have to own your power. Don't worry and don't wait for what others are doing outside of you. Monitor your own frequency and keep coming back again and again and again and again. You're going to drop out. Keep coming back. All right? So we would like to do a language of light attunement for you. Um, you can also call it an activation. It doesn't really matter. Both of, both of those words are interchangeable. But what it's going to do is help you to find the frequency. All right, to remind you of a frequency that you already know. All that you seek to become, you already are. You've just forgotten it. You've donned this cape of illusion, all right? And now we're helping you just to drop all the illusions of who you think you are, because truly at the core of it, you are source energy. So we're reminding you that you are source. And that's what this attunement is meant to do. It is to remind you of your connection to the higher realms. And the way that you access that energy is by getting into your heart center. So um, this, this will help you to heart center yourself and also to open to receive messages from your guides, from source, uh, from your higher self. You can also read the Akashic Records. That's also available to you. What has been and will be, everything is written in the energetic and you can access all this information as you quiet and get heart centered. All right, so there's nothing that you need to know or do. Um, oftentimes we will recommend that you either come back and listen to the recording again several times for several days in a row, just so that you can start to tune yourself to the frequency or just imagine it in your mind because it is recorded in your field after you hear it and you can go back to that information. Now as humans, you think that what you hear, see, feel, uh, that has more validity. So for some of you, uh, that might be easier. But uh, just know that as you imagine connecting with it, you are reattuning your field to the frequency of the language of light. All right, so take a nice deep breath. Take a deep breath. 
Take another nice deep breath. We've got one more short round. Alright, take another nice deep breath. So dear ones, we'll go ahead and we'll leave you here, but know that you can call on us directly. You don't need Wendy. Just ground, heart, center yourself, ask for our connection and listen. So until we hear from you, we are around, we are watching, we are waiting, and we are sending many, many well wishes. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. And you know what was funny? There was with the, so the peace message was beautiful. And I know many people will be grateful for it. But also when I was listening to the language of light, I felt like I heard three very distinct beings. Uh, and, and it's funny because it makes me think of Star Wars. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, oh, yeah. I've heard this before. Oh, it was probably in Star Wars in 1977, you know, the, the kind of galactic core, but definitely hearing three very distinct beings producing that sound. Yeah, there are usually other beings that will come in. Like I said, I work with a lot of galactic beings, so um, they'll blend their energy with the Pleiadians. That happens a lot. Even when I channel, I don't always tell people that they're doing it, but you might notice a shift in the energy. But usually in the language of light, yeah, there are several different groups that'll come in and, you know, people always say, well, who's this one or who's that one? It, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they could tell us who they are and how do yeah. we know? It's like you meet a stranger and they tell you who they are here on Earth. I kind of take, take it at face value, mm -hmm. um, you know, but there's a part of us that says, oh, this resonates or it doesn't yeah. resonate. And, you know, if something doesn't resonate, let it go. Yeah. yeah. Well, to me, and I've, you know, I've seen a lot of channelers over the years because of being in this field. Like you, I didn't know anything about the channeling field until it kind of happened to me. You, to me, are just one of the best channelers that we have on the planet oh, right now. You, I've always said that Thank to you, you, but it's true. You really are. And um, I know how loved you are for your channeling work by all of the people that, that follow you because occasionally we, we have some crossover and when your name comes up, like, oh, I love Wendy and the Peas. <laughs> so thank you for being here today. It's been fantastic. And I think you are our first official channeler on this show apart from me who is actually channeled on air. Oh. And you're definitely our first light language. And I love you very much. Oh, and I'm going to miss you when you go to the East Coast, but you'll come back. Yes. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for thank being you. here. And for anyone who wants to know more about Wendy's work, she has an amazing members community. She has lots of different offerings online. You can go to her website, higherfrequencies.net. And as usual, we'll have links on the screen if you're watching, and we'll have links in the show notes underneath the video and the audio versions of this podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Take care.
You have been listening to Impact the World. For more of my work, please visit leeharrisenergy.com. In 2018, I launched a course called Empaths vs. Narcissists, a power dynamic and how to recover from it. It's a video course and it's designed to support you to recover from any kind of relationship where you have given your power away. It's interesting because narcissism has been this big topic and I think it's very easy for any of us to just point the finger and label people. And it's also very complicated. You know, at any particular moment, we can all have narcissistic tendencies or behave empathically. Why I created this course is time and time again, I was meeting and working with so many people who had got themselves quite entangled into this unhealthy dynamic and had come out of it, didn't know how to recover from it, didn't quite know what had happened to them, but also didn't know what to rebuild in themselves in order to avoid walking back into it in the future. And I certainly had my own experiences around this. So the course is born of personal experience, my experience of working with one-on-one -on -one clients and groups around the world for several years on this topic. And it's delivered via video, audio, worksheets. And for 2020, we are launching again this fall in September, and it will be open for just over a month that you can enroll because we like to support the course live. So as each piece is delivered over the two months, me and my team can support you as you go through the process. There are also some bonus interviews that I'm adding this year with people who have particular expertise and experience around this dynamic. It's the most healing course that I offer and have offered, and it has been very acclaimed by the students who have gone through it so far. So we're really looking forward to opening the doors again. It's a touchy subject, you know, it's not the most fun thing to, to, to look at or to visit in yourself, but the results can be profound when you figure out how you got yourself into giving your power away in the first place, how to recover from the fact that you did it, and then how to avoid doing it again in the future. So I hope you'll join us for Empaths vs. Narcissists 2020. You can visit empathsversusnarcissists.com to find out more details about the full course.